0: chapter 11 There's a pause button up here. I'm not sure if y'all've ever noticed it before, but there's some things that I just pressed the pause on. But this is a pause button that's been there for a few weeks. So I need to go back and rehearse cuz this was not I'm not pausing from this morning and re- and and picking up from there, but I do need to revisit something that I began to minister um, before uh I got busy with uh, our travel and such over June. So it's been a while. So I am going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay the groundwork again. Yes. And Hebrews chapter 11 is our foundation for this teaching, which is also the foundation for our vision. We are faith builders. Yes. And our our mission statement was given by the head of the church to our pastor from this verse. And this verse says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The word framed means put in order. So we talk about creation, and so we say, you know, in the beginning God created, but this gives us more detail on the creation, the aspect, the how-to, the, the actual um, steps. It says that God put things in order. So if we're just thinking about creating, God's saying, no, 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 not only did I create, but I set everything in the order that it was supposed to function. It also means to equip. Now, if you if a person joins the army, they don't have to supply for their own equipment. They don't have to come in and say, "Okay, you're going to be char- you need to pay for your own weapons, your own bullets. Uh, you're going to drive the tank. Can you afford to buy that tank? Oh, you're going to fly the aircraft. Can you can you can you pay for the aircraft? Because no, we don't have to pay." For the things that are, uh, are assigned, with that role comes the provision Amen. of the equipping. Okay. So it says that God, he equipped. Through faith we understand that God equipped the worlds by his word. So the word of God not only puts things in order, but it also equips the areas of our life. And so when we look at the scripture that says God has given us all things, past tense, has. Has. Not going to, not in a sweet by and by. He has, hath given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That means he's already equipped us with everything we're going to need for this life. How did he do it? By the exceeding great and precious promises. So the word equips the word supplies the equipment that we're Amen. going to need for that area of our life of our lives how it says we're, the worlds were framed put in order equipped by the word of god the word also means to arrange to arrange so the worlds the word of god will arrange things and levels of priority levels of what needs to be dealt with first It puts things in the right order, and it arranges them. The word means to prepare. The worlds were prepared by the word of God. So we're we're seeing in the creation, we're seeing more than just making. Something out of nothing or out of something unseen. It wasn't out of nothing. It was something that wasn't seen. But it was not just the making of it. It was the arranging of it. It was the equipping in his word, he has all of that supply and the capacity, the ability to arrange and put things in order. Another definition of this word framed is to render sound. Now, when I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, that was, that was not the description of my life. My life was not sound. A better description of my life was tore up from the floor up. There was nothing sound in my life. My finances weren't sound. My physical body weren't sound. I didn't have a place to live. The car I was driving, I did not steal it, but it was stolen. I I had nothing that was sound or stable in my life. How did God get me from there to where I am today? The Word of God started bringing wholeness, soundness, completeness into all of those areas. So where I was missing discipline, so I didn't have any discipline. I mean, listen, I married Philip Steele, who says to be early is on time. And to be on time is late. But I was to be late was fashionable in my book. Right? I've never been on time, much less early, for anything in years since I was a kid in my parents' house, and they made sure I got to school on time. But then I had, I had needed some discipline. I had to, to rearrange. So what the Word of God equips and renders sound or complete. This is one of my favorite definitions. Here's my last one. To make it what it ought to be. The word framed means to make it what it ought to be. And there are a lot of things that when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, there are a lot of things in our life that are not what they ought to be. But we're not left hopeless. We're not vulnerable. We're not victims to those insufficiencies in our life. Through His Word, He will make our life what it ought to be. He will make our physical health what it ought to be. Through his word, he'll make our marriage what it ought to be. Through his word, any area of our life that we take the word and apply it correctly, it will come up to be what it ought to be. Abraham had to become something he wasn't. But through faith, Abraham became the father of many nations. How did he become the father of many nations? According as it was spoken, so shall your seed be he became something he wasn't before and that he had no physical, natural ability to make himself be that, but through God's word, he supernaturally became something that he wasn't and you and I are in Christ today because Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Hallelujah. So our becoming something that we ought to be is part of the process of God's word working in our life. So through faith, we understand, through faith, the worlds were framed, put in order, equipped, arranged, prepared, rendered, sound, or complete, made to be what it ought to be, through the Word, hallelujah, Hallelujah. so that things which are seen, the woman you see today is not the woman God got started with, (laughs) I have been changed, amen, The life that you have today, if you've been applying the Word, you can see how far the Word has brought you. Amen? Amen? So things that are seen were not made of things which do appear. God took His substance, His invisible, original substance, everything you can see was created, framed, by something you can't see. But just because I can't see it doesn't make it less valid. In actuality, that invisible force of the Word of God, the substance of God's Word and faith in His Word, that invisible substance is more reliable than anything you can see. Because everything you can see is subject to change, but God's Word will never change. So when you take that as the or the ingredient that you are using to structure your world, hallelujah, you're not going to be like those two little pigs that built their house out of the the, the sticks and the straw. You're going to be like that wise piggy who built his house out of something that wasn't movable. Amen? Glory to God. So framing our world by the word of God is something that we are employed in doing. We God is not in charge of what word we're applying. He's provided it. He's made it available. But we've got to take his word and we've got to frame our own lives. We've got to take his word and we've got to find out what in my life needs to be rendered sound where is an if there's an unsound area I need to get busy if there's an area that's out of order in my life I need to apply the word to it this is my part this is my responsibility God can't do that for me he'll help he'll lead me in the the recognition of what needs to be dealt with he'll even lead me to the right scriptures that will give me specific Uh, structure for that area of my life but he can't um, he can't believe it in my place he can't do the believing of it for me and the speaking of it and the applying of it in my life we have to be framing our world by the word of god let's look at matthew chapter 16 now this can be applied in any area But I'm gonna take an area that doesn't get as much attention and I'm gonna give it some attention because it affects all of us. And it's the area of our finances. God wants your finances rendered sound, He wants them equipped. He wants the believers' finances equipped for the purposes of God in your life. You, in your own earning capacity, cannot supply for the full call of God on your life as a faith builder. You need the favor of God. You need the blessing at work in your life because you are called to be a blessing. And to be a blessing, you need more than your earning capital, You more than your earning potential. You need God's multiplication on the seed that you sow. Amen? So all of us need God's system, His rendering sound and equipping in our finances. And so we don't want to wait until retirement. We want to get busy now. We want to put the word to work now so that it will have that momentum in our life. Matthew chapter 16, I want to talk about some of the methods of framing. Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, the keys of the kingdom. If you have the keys, you have access. You have responsibility. He says, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you shall. So we see the responsibility now, don't we? I'm giving you the access. I'm giving you the authority. Those keys represent authority to access and operate. If, you, if I've given somebody in this ministry a key to this building, I'm, I don't give it just so that you can come in and get out of the heat. <laughs> yeah. And when the, uh, when the alarm goes off, I'm checking to see who just walked in my door. Yeah. Right? Oh, somebody's here to do some work. Yeah. Right? You have authority to do business here. If you've got a key, you, I've given you authority to get something done. Amen? 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 Whether it's open up for a specific meeting, whether it is to bring in some supplies, whether it's to come in and, and, and work in a certain area, if you have keys, I've authorized you with a responsibility and you're accessing this area so that you can take that responsibility and get some business done, right? Amen. Well, the same thing is true. God has given us the keys of his systems the systems of God. And then he says, now that you have the keys, here's your responsibility. Whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So there are things that need to be bound, and it's not God's job to bind them. It's not his responsibility to bind them. He says, I've given you that that authorization. I've authorized you. I've deputized you to take that authority, to bind that. Hallelujah. If lack is operating in my life, it's not God's place to bind it. He's already done all he's going to do about binding lack in my life. He has redeemed my life from the curse. Lacks under the curse. If lack is operating, I've been authorized to tell that lack it's trespassing. I've got to know it. I've got to know my place in Christ. I've got to know that that's my authority to take that place. But I've got to say, you can't do that here. You don't have any right to, ha- to hinder my finances. Amen? So I've got to bind it. And then if there needs to be an abundance, it's not God's place to loose it. He authorized me to loose that abundance. So, my my finances need to have my voice governing them. My faith is, is framing, equipping, rendering sound. God's given me His word to produce the faith, and through faith, the world's my world is framed by the word of God. How? When I put the word to work in it, when I take that place of binding when I take that place of loosing, let's look at Matthew 18, Matthew 18 and verse 18. So he said, I've given you the keys. So whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose, here again, he repeats that concept in Matthew 18 and verse 18. Uh, Let me get on the right page. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So he's letting us know there is an authorization that you've got to take the authority in the areas of your life where things need to be stopped and things need to be started. Did he say in the book of James that Elijah was a man with like passions just like we are, yet he could stop the rain and start the rain? He went into a place in prayer. It was the will of God. He couldn't have done it if it was not God's will. He stepped into that place in his authority with God and could. did God want it to rain when it rained? He said, go tell Ahab, it's going to rain, but it didn't happen without the one God had authorized on the earth to be his, his, his authorization. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. I'll back you up. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I'll back you up, but I need you to say something about the situation. I need you to step up and call for some things. I need you to authorize some things in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is part of the framing. Let's also look at Matthew chapter 6. Because in framing our finances by the word of God, I, there, there is a natural part, and we talk about the natural part of tithing, of sowing seed, and but there is a, a spiritual part as well, that that gives that natural part its um, liberty. Here in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking to people who needed some things. And they were dealing with their need in a way that Jesus told them not to do that anymore. He says to them, take no thought, verse 25, take no thought for your life. The Amplified goes a little bit further to expound on that, to say, take no anxious thought. So they were worrying about their physical needs. He said, don't worry about your physical needs. Take no anxious thought. Stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious and worried about your life. Why? He says, the things that you eat, the things that you drink, about your body, what you shall put on, Is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above and more excellent than clothing? And then he points them to the birds of the air. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow and they don't reap. They don't have the keys of the kingdom. Because sowing and reaping is a kingdom key. Birds don't have the keys. God still feeds them. God still provides for them, and he'll provide for those people who are leaving their keys stuffed in the bottom of their purse, too. Well, yeah, I got some keys, but I'm locked out. Well, get your keys out. Oh, I don't want to dig through my purse. I got keys. I've got authorization, but I'm not going to do anything about it. God will still, out of his mercy, provide for us, but there's a a better quality of living. Pull the keys out. Begin to frame your finances by the Word of God. Build them on a substance that is unmovable. He says, the birds of the air, they are fed, they're provided for, but they don't have the ability of sowing and reaping. You do. Aren't you better off than they are? Why? Because you've got keys. That's why you're better off. You've got the keys of the kingdom. You've got the ability to sow a seed. If you, if you as long as you don't eat your last seed, you can always get a harvest. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he says, don't take anxious thought, worrying about your life. He then goes on and he says in verse 27, which of you, by taking anxious thought, by worrying about it, which of you can add one cubit unto his stature? You can't change this situation with the force of worry. So why take your thought for a moment? And then he turns them to something else. Look at the lilies. Look at the lilies. Uh, Ladies, I'm going to lift your expectation. The lilies get a new wardrobe every season. That happens to me all the time. I'm claiming that. I'm setting my my sights a little bit higher. New wardrobe every season. I'm all in for that, Lord. I'm all in for that. He says, they they don't even toil or spin, but look at how they grow. How do they grow? Seed time and harvest. They grow because of the law of seed, time, and harvest, the key that you have in your, your possession. They grow because of the law of seed, time, and harvest, and because of the growth, they have a consistent fresh wardrobe. Hallelujah. And he says, aren't you better off than they? And then he says again, do not take thought, verse 31, therefore take no thought saying. And now we're going to see how thoughts are taken by saying. How do you take that thought into your possession? Put it in your mouth. How do you take the promises of God into your possession? How do, you, how do you say, by his stripes I am healed? How do you authorize that? You frame your world by putting it in your heart and in your mouth. So he's saying, quit framing your world with insufficiency by saying, what are we going to eat? Because those questions just frame your whole life with fear and worry and anxiety. He said, don't put that into play. Don't put that into operation. Don't take that thought saying the questions, how are we going to pay this off? What are we going to do about that? How are we going to get out of this debt? How are we going to meet this need? How are we going to pay this bill? There's no there's no power in that. And I'm just talking about from a worried standpoint. And and You've heard my testimony about the list that I would make. And I would call my husband. He was working at Blue Cross Blue Shield. I would call him on his corporate job and tell him, I just made a list of every bit of money that's coming into our hands this month and every bit of money that we owe. And we got too much month at the end of our money. And then I began to rehearse how much, how much we needed to pay and how much. And I was frantic and all of my fear and all of my worry and all of my anxiety was transferred through the telephone lines. And one day he said to me, honey, I love you, but you've got to quit calling me at work and working me up like this. You've got to quit making that list. Tear that list up. Yeah. Yeah. But I love my list. My list lets me see everything in detail. But what I wasn't seeing was this. I wasn't seeing what was on these pages. I was so, I was so looking at, at what... The, the need was, I couldn't see the keys that were in the bottom of my purse. Yeah. Wait a minute, I have a key. That's it. Where is my key? Been so long since I used it, I'm going to have to dig down underneath and find it. Right? I have a key to this situation. What is it? It's that binding. That loosing, that sowing, that reaping, I'm these keys to the kingdom. That's not my purpose of talking, but I'm just saying these are some of the the implements that we need to use. Some of the things that we need to put into practice as we are seeking the kingdom systems. That's what he says here in verse uh, 32. For all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows you have need of all these things, but you seek first. He says, don't seek your need met. If we are seeking our need met, we're in the wrong hunt. We're sniffing after the wrong prey. We're tracking the wrong, the wrong game. If we're seeking our need met, we're off course already. Because that's not where the key is. The key is to seek the kingdom system. What did God provide? Because all things that pertain to life and godliness are available for me. The blessing is a key, a part of this system. The blessing system is the main root or the main um, governing force that God intended to be in charge of our lives. The blessing, if we we just let the blessing work, if we cooperate and participate with the blessing, if we would honor the blessing, if we would consider the blessing as something so valuable in the sight of God that every person he ever made a covenant with, he brought the blessing to the covenant. God never made a covenant with a man that the blessing wasn't a part of it. And when he made the covenant, the everlasting covenant through Jesus, he made us heirs. He didn't tell us get in line and get a little portion. He said, I'm going to make you a joint heir. Of what? The blessing. If you are Abraham's seed, then your heirs according to the promise. What was the promise? In blessing, I'll, in multiplying, I'll multiply you. In blessing, I'll, I'll bless you. It's the blessing. That's the, I, I, I've inherited that. And you don't wait till you get to heaven to collect on your inheritance. Jesus already died to make the inheritance valid for you, and he rose from the dead to oversee the distribution of it. Hallelujah. So the blessing, that's one of the systems. But I've got to have faith in the blessing. I've got to cooperate with the blessing. And, and I've got to uh, give my, my life that yield sign to the blessing. And again, I'm, I'm looking at different areas, but the main focus is we're framing our world. We're framing our financial world Amen. by the Word of God. Let's look at Mark 4. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, how then can you understand any of the other parables I've taught? He is dealing with a concept that covers the kingdom systems. It outlines for us some very important elements of how the kingdom system operates, And he says in, let's look at verse, he goes through the parable of the sower and he identifies that the seed that the sower sows is the word of God. We also find that the ground that the sower sows into is the heart of man. And he says there are grounds... Certain types of ground or conditions of ground that are hindered from producing or limited in producing, the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. In the wayside soil, he stole it. In the stony ground, he killed it. In the thorny ground, he destroyed it. Satan was able to steal, kill, and destroy in those first three types of soil, thir- first three conditions of the heart. But there was one condition of the heart, the, the good soil of the heart that produced, it brought forth multiplied results of the word. It, that's what it was bringing forth, the word. It brought forth 30, 60, 100-fold results of the word that had been sown into the heart. We're talking about framing your finances by the word or anything else that needs to be framed, but I'm specifically looking at the financial arena, but you could apply this to health. You could apply this to your marriage, framing your marriage by the word of God, framing your future by the word of God, any of those areas. The soil of your heart has to be in the condition to maintain the growth of the word until the word comes to a fullness in its growth. Yes, Lord. Amen. Come on, so now he says that's that's what he laid the groundwork with the parable of the sower, but then he goes on in verse 21, and he says that he hasn't changed his topic. Let me let me help you right here. He hasn't changed what he's talking about. He said Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed? Anybody, does your house have the light bulbs under the furniture? Light bulbs on the floor and you got some, some tables over it? Now, where do we put the light bulbs? All right, he's talking about revelation. He's talking about the light of the word. He said, there's nothing hid, verse 22, which shall not be manifested. Or you could say there's, there's nothing sown that won't come, that won't start growing. He just went from talking about the parable of the sower, the seed is the word, put the seed in the heart, guard the heart with all diligence, and what are you gonna get? 30, 60, 100 fold return on the seed of the word in your heart because there's nothing sown that, it, that, that won't come to a full fruition, a full harvest If it's not stolen, if it's not killed, if it's not choked out by the cares of this world, right? If you've guarded the heart and you've maintained your guard, it will come forth. There's nothing hidden which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come to abroad. If you have ears to hear, let him hear and take heed what you hear with the measure you measure With the measure of thought and study you give to the things you hear. Take heed what you hear. With the the measure of attention you give to the thing you hear. Put it over onto Amplified. With the measure of thought and study you give. So when you hear, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith. You could let it go in this ear and come out this ear and you can hear it, bring you all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now here with if there not be uh, windows of heaven open, and I'll pour you out a blessing,, want, 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 want." Because that's what Charlie Brown heard. Charlie Brown did not have ears to hear. Brother did not have ears to hear, because he went to school and his teacher said, "Want, want, 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 want." Exactly. We don't want to let the word have that reception in our lives. We don't want to hear, hear a word and say, "Yeah." I, and the minute you hear the familiarity of the scripture, have faith in God. For whosoever shall speak to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast, want, 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 want. And we're like, yeah, I know that verse. No, no, no. Be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. Why? Because this truth, we're talking about God's Word, this truth has the ability to frame my world. It has the ability to equip my world. So when God says, you bring the tithe and you prove me now here with this, you need to give your attention to that. God's saying something. And I should be expecting to have what He says is going to happen. I should be looking for it. You know if you're expecting the bus, you know when when um, when I rode my school bus the my school bus driver she was always on time, and you know i I better when they got time i was I, I was good to go ahead and get my books, get my satchel, get my backpack, put it on, get ready, stand up there why because i i I'm expecting she's going to be here any minute. And if we're expecting, with the measure of attention that we give, if we're expecting it, we're going to be looking for it. And so he says, concerning this truth, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that has, to him shall be given, and to him that has not, from him shall be taken even that which he has. So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. He's still still dealing with the word sown into the heart. The light coming from the word, the harvest coming from the word. If you give the attention to the word, you'll get the harvest from the word. If you don't let the devil steal the word, that word will bring forth in your life. He's still talking about that. He said... This is the kingdom of God. It's like a man who casts the seed into the ground, or we could say the word into the heart, and he would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. Now we can get some scientific information about the different the different uh, uh, stages of growth that that seed first, that little bean pops open and there's that cute little tiny green plant coming out of that seed. We can can look through our scientific investigations and we can find out some of the process, but God is the one who created the ability of the seed. Even with all of man's GMO engineering ridiculousness, (laughs) They didn't create the ability of the seed. It's part of the blessing that God gave mankind. God created all things to produce after its own kind. We don't know the full depth of how, and we don't have to know the full depth of how to trust in the system. He says the earth, the heart, brings forth fruit of herself. The the earth, the heart, knows what to do with the words you put in it. The heart knows what to do when the seed's sown into it. I heard Charles Capp say this. He said, there's a reason that uh, if you look at a fence post that's been in the ground for 15 years, it's starting to rot underneath because the earth is doing everything in its power to make that fence grow. But it's not. it's working on that fence. It's telling that fence, grow, baby. Right, It's trying to make that fence grow, but that fence is not a seed, and so it ends up rotting. But if we put a seed in the ground, the earth knows how to unlock the seed, and the seed doesn't go into the ground as a tomato seed and come out as a cucumber. It knows what it's supposed to produce. It's supposed to produce tomatoes. And so that tomato seed goes into the ground, and the vine that shoots up is a tomato vine. The plant that comes up is a tomato plant. And so if you put 1 Peter 2.24 in your body, do you know what kind of harvest you're going to get? You're going to get a healing harvest because by his stripes you were healed. And there is enough. Pa- there is healing power. There is in the seed of 1 Peter 2.24 24 to go into the heart and produce the healing of 1 Peter 2.24 in the physical body. And there is enough financial increase seed in the scriptures that promise the give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over when you begin to put that seed into your heart. Now, again, there's the natural part that we talk about often tithing. Those are the systems. Those are the keys. Sowing the seed, offerings unto God, honoring God in my finances. But with no faith attached to that, it can be to some people, not you, but some other people in those other places. It's just like giving to the Red Cross. I donated to the church today. And they're not, they're not with their heart believing for any of the results that God promised in His Word. But you and I, we're different. Yeah, we man. want what God said we're supposed to have because the Word is making us what we ought to be. And He says that we ought to be a blessing. Not just be blessed. That, that's part of it because before you can be a blessing, you've got to have something to be a blessing with. Amen. Amen. So, sowing the Word into the heart concerning financial stability is the way that we bring forth faith for finances in our life. So where do we start with that? Where do we start? What's the good place to start? And I've looked back over some of the areas that in my life that I laid as a foundation and first of all, before I, before I answer that question, where do we start? Let me share with you something that the Lord revealed to me a few weeks back as I was looking at this more closely. Because from a, a standpoint of my redemption, I recognize that Satan has no power to stop anything in my life. I have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, of the authority of darkness. He has no authority in my life. I'm redeemed from the curse. The more that I have built my faith in my position in Christ, the more I realize that curse has no authorization in my life ever. If the curse comes near me, I can back it down. But I have a confidence in that based on the fact that I'm redeemed from that curse. But the more I've looked at how Jesus was cursed for me, the more vehement I am to to deal with the curse if it comes knocking at my door. I don't I don't talk nicely. It does not get my manners. I talk to it, I I deal with it like like a a stray dog come come around trying to attack my little poodle. You better get. You better back off. Right? So when you have that confidence built, the more that I began to look and say, wait a minute, I'm redeemed from the curse. That means that curse cannot get on my finances and cause lack or insufficiency, or, or failure on the seeds that I have in the ground. It can't do that. Why? I'm a tither. I've got faith in that system. I'm working that system. I'm a tither. This is not something I just know up here. It's something I believe in my heart. So I began to look at this, and I said, Lord, if we are redeemed from the curse because Jesus was cursed for us, and you have taken us out of the authority of Satan. There's nothing he can legally do to me. If I resist him, he must flee. Yeah. Amen. Then why are there so many believers who don't have the financial advancement? And the Lord said three areas to me. He said, "Lack of knowledge. Hosea 4:6, "My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge." See those things that I just shared with you, I didn't always know them. And when I was lacking knowledge about my redemption, the devil trespassed. Why? Because I didn't know how to stop him. But when when I came into the knowledge of who I am in Christ, that's what we're dealing with on our television broadcast, and it's in your word supply free of charge. The more you know about who you are in Christ, that knowledge protects you. Amen. That knowledge becomes a, a stimulus to your faith. Wait, 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 wait. I'm redeemed from that. Yeah. Right? Amen. So he said the first thing was lack of knowledge. The second thing he told me was lack of faith. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is... And is that good enough? Oh, I have to believe that. I've, I've got to believe. I've got to have faith. God is a rewarder. <laughs> if I'm, expe- are you expecting yes. any rewards? Hallelujah! We've got to believe that He's a rewarder of those. He's a rewarder of those who diligently. So when I'm tithing, I'm I'm seeking his way of doing. When I am sowing my seed, I'm seeking his way. I'm sowing my seed in expectation that good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, that multiplication is gonna work and then I'm gonna have more to give next week. Hallelujah. I'm going to receive of the blessing. I'm going to rejoice in the blessing. I'm going to pull off the top of that blessing. And I'm going to come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Bringing in the sheaves. Bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. That's some harvest singing right there. So we've got to believe. So he said there's a lack of knowledge. There's a lack of faith. There are a lot of people who don't believe. They have been deceived, and they hear people bashing and saying, oh, those prosperity preachers. Well, you got to tear out a lot of the Bible to pull the prosperity of God out of it. You, how many pages are you going to pull out of the Bible? Don't be influenced by the naysayers. Be influenced by the Word. Be balanced but let the Word of God show you God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God is the author of the blessing. And the blessing causes multiplication and increase. Hallelujah. It's His idea. And then thirdly, He said it's a lack of obedience. James 1.22 says that we must be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. So, to be a hearer who never acts on the word, you are not the enemy, that person is deceiving themselves. Why? Because they're hearing it and they got bobblehead Christianity. I know that. Uh huh. I know. I know. I know. I know, I know, I know. Well, doing the word is what activates it. So he said those three areas, we're redeemed from the curse. Satan has no authority. We resist him and he flees. But through a lack of knowledge or a lack of faith or a lack of obedience or a mixture of the three, people are experiencing hindrances in their finances. Hallelujah. So, let's let's go back and talk about laying this financial foundation, a faith faith for my finances. Now, you've heard me talk about my first offering. You could hear it from the back of the room when I walked up and I put my first offering, it was all of the pennies and the nickels and the dimes. No quarters were left in my purse. I had already used them for my cigarettes. He's brought me a long way. It was my very first offering. I was still in the car with the, that was stolen with only what could fit in that car was the only possessions I had to my name. I was sleeping on the couch of the drummer and, of the church and his wife. I had nothing other than what fit in the trunk of that car. So that first offering, I think it may have been a sermon on the widow's might, and I thought, that's me right there. I was literally a widow at the time, and all I had was my little pennies and nickels, and so I took them up, and I thought, Lord, I I need your help, and so I, I emptied out. That was all the money I had left to my name. I didn't have any other money, any way to get any more money, anything, any way to get any gas for my car unless the people of the church helped me because that's how, how low how low can you go. I was there. And so I had a, a zero understanding of God's financial system or the plan of God. That was the little bit I had heard in attending that church. And they taught a little bit over the offering. And I thought, well, I'm, if God will do that, I'm going to give what I've got. And so I went up, emptied all of that change purse into that container. And it went ching, 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 ching. You could hear it all the way through the church. But it was a leap of faith for me. Yes. It, it, was my, I, it was a release of my faith. I am doing the word. I don't have any, anything to lose just by acting on the word because I can't get any lower. And so one of the first things that I had to learn is God is my source. Now, I'll tell you that even through the years in my Christianity, there have been times I've had to reset that because you get over and you look at a paycheck as your source just out of habit. Well, what am I going to do if I don't have this? Well, did God fall off the throne? Right? Wait, if he's your source, then you depend on him. And yes, we work and we work diligently, but we're not depending on the finances because then we've brought it down to limits. But we look to God because God can bless me through this paycheck, but he's not limited. If God is my source, then he's not limited to that he's got other ways he's got other means he can give me ideas he can he can he can put me in the right place at the right time to get the promotion he can there, there if if he's my source so if god is your source let's look at haggai 2 and verse 7 if god is your source That'll get your hopes up because you see him in his all-sufficiency. He is not a just enough God. My God is more than enough. He will supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. Somebody else, come on. Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. All of the earth is His and the fullness thereof. Hallelujah. Haggai 2 and verse 7. God said, and I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If he's your source, you're going to be getting your hopes up. Yeah. Right? If he's your source, if he's the one you're depending on, this is, this is not something that's just mental. It is you've got to build this inner image where you look to God and you look to his ways and you look to his supply. So it says, God, he owns all the silver. He said, The silver is mine and the gold is mine. And he said, I will shake the nations and I'll fill this house with glory. Hallelujah. Isaiah 48, 17. God is our source. Yes, he is. We're looking to him. Oh, wait a minute. Hold your place in Isaiah 48 if you're already there and look at Psalm 50. So I got saved. I'm sleeping on the couch of the family who had taken me to church. They told me I, they, they would help me get back and forth to work if I, wanted, if I would get a job, so I went and got a job, and um, I went to court to get my children back. Well, the judge said, if you want to get your children back, you're going to need to have a vehicle no, you're going to need to have a driver's license. Even if you have to borrow somebody else's vehicle, you, you have to have a valid driver's license. Didn't have one. I had been on a revoked driver's license because I'd been in an accident and I did not have insurance, and so they revoked my driver's license. And so I'd been driving on revoked driver's license for a while. Had lots of parking tickets, had some driving tickets for all those revoked driver's licenses. And to get my license back, not only did I have to pay all those tickets, about $2,000 worth of tickets, yeah, it, I, it, I'd been driving that way for a couple of years, and not only that, but I had to get sr 22 insurance, that's costly, and I had to pay the reinstatement fee for the driver's license. And I have a waitress job in the afternoons, the lunch hour shift at a, sh- a place called O'Charlie's. It's kind of like a TGIF Friday's yeah. or a Chili's. I got lunch shift because I don't want to serve alcohol at night. Right. And I want to go to church. My church had, had um, like five services a week. They were in revival. And so I wanted to be in church. I needed to be in church. And I didn't want to serve alcohol, so I chose to work the lunch hour. And I go to the Department of of Motor Vehicles for the state of Tennessee, and they hand me a printout of everything I'm going to need and all the money that it's going to cost me, plus you need to get all of your tickets taken care of before we can reinstate this. So I've got the amount of how many? $2,000 for my tickets over $2000 for the reinstatement fee in the SR22. I'm thinking I I work lunch. <laughs> I'm waiting tables at the lunch hour. So the person who drove me, it was a family member who drove me over there that day. And I got back in the car and I had the list and I just they said I need to go to work, so they they took me straight to work. I was already dressed in my uniform for work. I walked into the restaurant. This is how long ago it was. There was a payphone on the wall. I didn't have a cell. No cell phones, not in that day, right? This is 30 years ago. So I've been saved 30 years. This 31 years. This August. 31 years. This August. And so I went in and I I, I put my quarter in the payphone. Here's a quarter, call someone who cares. And I called my pastor's wife. She's my mother-in-law today. I called her, and this is the first words that I've spoken since they handed me this. I really didn't say anything to the person who drove me over. They gave me this list. I'm in there. I'm doing everything not to cry. Because I'm like that, that Shunammite woman whose soul is vexed within her, but she's just staying on course to get to her help right? I called and I said with tears in my voice, would you speak faith to me? Now she knew where I was going that day, so she had an idea. She didn't need any other encouragement. That little woman took off preaching. And and for the next five minutes, she preached my ear off. And one of the scriptures that she preached to me was right here in Psalm 50, and it has stuck with me. Psalm 50 says, for every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. <laughs> Hallelujah. And she began to tell me how much each cow could cost. You know, she'd lived in Texas for a while, and, and you know, pastor was there in Texas, and so that his family had, had Pastor there in Texas for a while. She said, I've been on those ranches, and I've seen how many cattle can be on those hills, and each one of those cattle can cost fifteen to $2,000. All God needs is to bring you a cow, Michelle. That's not going to take anything for God. This is not a hill for a climber. God's going to be able to supply for you. He owns a cattle on a 1,000 hills. And she began to preach to me about the provision of God. And when she got done... I wiped, by then I'd wiped my tears away. My shoulders were back and I went to work. And on that day, God blessed me with my first hundred dollar tip during the lunch hour. A hundred dollar tip in the lunch hour. That was God. And I got a number of them. I got some Holy Ghost handshakes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got some supernatural favor where God wiped out that $2,000 worth of, of, of all of those fines and the tickets. They erased They erased my tickets. God did that. Why? Because I began to look to him as my provider. And when I walked into the courthouse, the judge... Looked at one side of the courtroom and they had people lined up to testify. People, and they would not have had to lie. They could have under oath told nothing but the truth (laughs) about my life before Christ. It was all true and they were there to testify what an unfit mother I was and how I was not reliable and I was not responsible. But the judge said, I'm not interested in hearing anything they have to say. I want to talk to Michelle. Michelle, do you have your driver's license? Yes, ma'am, I have my driver's license. Have you been working, and do you have a letter from your employer saying that you are reliable to show up on your job? Yes, ma'am, here is a recommendation from my employer. Have you passed all the drug screens that I asked you to go to? Yes, ma'am, I passed all the drug screens. Did you get a place to live to supply for your family? Yes, ma'am, they came last night and did the home study. And then she said, then I'm giving you custody of your children back. Yes, ma'am. Why, because God is my source if I would have tried to do that if I, I wasn't looking to the church although God used some of the people in the church he used the he moved in the through the people the people of God to bring pieces of furniture to my house because I got the apartment the day before the home study and I had my car and what could fit in my car and there was no furniture in that car. So overnight, God brought in furniture, and yes, there was a board that you had to sit down cautiously on the couch. <laughs> the mattress was this thin that we that, yeah. but that I passed the home study yeah. That's it. and God is our source. Yes, he is. Hallelujah, because He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Yes. All the silver, is, yeah. the silver is God's, the gold is God's. Isaiah 48:17. Isaiah 48, 17 says, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, which teaches you to profit, which leads you by the way that you should go. Now, yes, that could be in general direction of your life, But you can also bring it down to every area of your life. I think it's wise for every one of us to ask God to teach us how to spend correctly. Because a lot of times it's not a lack of the blessing, it's a lack of stewardship that is causing financial hardship in people, is because they don't have the control or any planning about their spending. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But God said, I'll teach you. I'll teach you to profit. I'll teach you to profit. If I'm looking to him as my source, I want his ideas too. I want his strategies too. You know, we tell our testimony of how God brought us out of debt. And mostly the debt was a lack of of wisdom. The debt that we had incurred was a lack of wisdom, not that we had been like indulgent in a, a foolish way, but it was, for instance, we we needed a car so bad that we took a car that what they advertised and said they would qualify you for when they got there, they gave you such an exorbitant, exorbitant uh, interest rate that within a matter of months, we were upside down in that car. So this car isn't worth what I'm going to have to end up paying for this car for this crazy financing. Right? It was just a lack of wisdom. And so when God began to deal with us, see, it was the Lord's instruction. It was the Lord prompting us. It was the Lord in giving us that, that teaching, if you will, of coming out of debt. And then he led us how to do it. Because for us to be able to have been fluid and do some of the things that we've needed to, to have done. You know, we've been on television over how many? 15 years? 12 years? I want to say it's closer to 15 now. And the church in Kansas is smaller than this sanctuary. But do you know why that church has been able to do so much for the kingdom? Including planting this church? It's out of debt. There's no debt on the building. It's, we own it. Hallelujah. So there's some things that we can do. And God will teach us how to do it. He'll teach us how to profit. And that's, that's part of that um, looking to him as our source. I want his plan. I want my finances to look like he runs them. So what do we do? We've got to seek him. What do you, if he, are you, he's Lord. I submit my finances to you, Lord. I see how you want to bless me. But you're going to work it in me in a way that is a kingdom system so that it's for my long-term benefit. Hallelujah. So he'll teach us and his teaching isn't going to put us in a lesser position. He's going to teach us how to profit. All right. I have, I still have a page and a half, so you can't have these notes yet, brother. So pause right here because I want that to soak in and we'll talk more about this because we need to let his will be done in our finances as we prepare to honor the Lord in our giving.